FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz, each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Grizzlies Podcast. I am Evan Barnes, your Memphis football beat writer, but also I am moonlighting as the host of our Grizzlies podcast for the commercial appeal. We are joined by your beat writer, DeMichael Cole, um, with Grizzlies training camp starting up very soon. Media day will be Monday. We're going to get right into some storylines, some key issues that fans should watch um, as the team gets back. Obviously coming off of the high of a great historic season, 56 wins. Um, there's a lot to get into, and uh, DeMichael, um, first of all, how excited are you to kind of get back and see kind of where things go after last season's great high? Yeah, Evan, it's, it's going to be a fun ride because with, with this season's team, you know, comes much more expectation being that a 56-win season just happened that was very much a fairy tale. You know, it was, a, it was just kind of a dazing type ride all the way up to, you know, the second round of the playoffs last season. But now, you know, fans will come to expect those things. You come to expect to beat uh, Golden State, to beat the Suns, to to beat the Lakers and, and those type teams. Whereas last season, you know, people were very excited when the Grizzlies beat the Suns without some of the top players and they beat the Warriors in the regular seasons. And, and you know, they beat the Lakers when, when LeBron James played in those type games. The excitement level is is raising the expectation and Evan, I'm, 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 I'm excited to see how this plays out myself. I really would like to see, you know, a lot of people want to know, uh, does lead losing two key rotational players really mean that much, you know? And I think that's a big question because those guys were big identity pieces, but we'll get more into that as the episode goes on. Yeah, definitely. And obviously for those who are living under a rock, we're obviously talking about De'Anthony Melton and Kyle Anderson, no longer being with the Grizzlies with, uh, Melton being traded to the Sixers and Kyle Anderson signing with the Minnesota Timberwolves. But we'll get into those two guys a little bit later. But training camp is here. Um, it starts on Monday with media day. DeMichael, let's let's jump right into it. Um, what are going to be some of the key things you're going to be looking for to start off? Obviously, Jaron Jackson's injury status, again, seems like another year, another injury for, for Trip J. Um, what do you what do you think right now? Let's you know recap for everyone. Where do we where do things stand right now? with Jaron Jackson Jr. and his injury as far as like some of the basics? Yeah, so basically the thing is, you know, it's a, it's a stress fracture injury. You know, he had to get a procedure done in the offseason, and the Grizzlies gave it, gave it this rough timeline. And it was four to six months. And, you know, they kind of put him in a time frame somewhere between November, December, January. It, it was a very big timeline. I talked to some people around Jaron Jackson Jr. about this. I talked to a doctor. We actually uh, did a story as well at, where I talked to a doctor doctor who was a former team doctor with the Lakers and the LA Kings and some of the franchises out there. And he basically, you know, clarified some things. When, when you have this type of injury that Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, suffered, getting, getting healthy isn't going to take him that long, uh, you know, in terms of starting to, have you know a 100% healthy foot but the biggest transition is one the trust in the foot and then two you know the conditioning part you know when you injure you know a foot a knee an ankle 
and you're off of it for you know, a certain amount of time, there is a reconditioning that has to happen that is a big part of this. So I remember uh, the doctor who I spoke with said he usually tells, you know, athletes when they suffer stress fractures, six to eight weeks is usually, you know, the time frame it takes for the foot to heal. So you're talking about a two month process, but you have a four to six month timeline because the conditioning process takes so long, you know, to trust that that foot to be able to, you know, it's a stress fracture. So the thing about stress fractures that people have to remember is stress fractures usually come from wear and tear. And as we saw, Jaron Jackson Jr. played 78 games, most in his career, uh, more than any of the past seasons. You you covered the team last season. Uh, I mean, the season before last when Jaron, you know, only played, I believe it was nine nine or so games, you know, About in the 11. regular season. Yeah, 11, I think. But, he, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't play a lot in the regular season. So I think that's that's where we are now. And I think he's he's getting close to the point where the foot is going to be healed. Uh, that's not the big deal. The reconditioning, uh, the work, like, again, you talk about wear and tear, Evan. So with wear and tear, you're talking about how do you want to manage usage of him up until you take off, you know, the ropes and let him play, you know, 30 minutes plus uh, regularly. Yeah, and obviously with Jaron, I mean, you, you obviously have to think about he's got history. He's had the, the meniscus injury he had in the bubble. He had, you know, the leg injury as a rookie that, you know, his season was shut down. So he's now had several leg injuries, and now this, you know, stress fracture is one more thing. And what you're worried about as a Grizzlies fan, and what I would, if I was a fan, I would worry about this, is the lack of development. He was able to have a healthy offseason last year, and that was a big reason why he was able to come in and do some things and come out of the gate not worried about recovery, but he could focus on adding some more moves to his bag, getting to the basket more, um, being that rim protector that he's you know was projected to be. And you got to see where a healthy offseason made Jaron Jackson able to focus on those things. And now it's another offseason where he's not able to work out. And so what worries me is when he comes back, how long will it take him to kind of integrate himself with this team? How long, as you mentioned, will it be for him to be able to trust his body? And, you know, again, injuries add up. I mean, this is going to be year five for Jaron Jackson, and he's only had one fully healthy season really under his belt. So you you do kind of wonder, you know, long not long term, but just kind of, you know, how is it going to hold back his his development, his connection with Ja? Obviously, I think after at, um, what was it after exit the exit interviews, they had talked about Jaron and Ja doing a lot more together in the offseason. Well, right. they weren't able to do as much, and so your big concern is again, it's year five for Jaron. At some point, you're going to have to see him as he is instead of what he could be, and you're worried that because of these injuries, what he could be is way down the is more of a maybe than a possibility and so i think that's going to be interesting to see kind of what what they say about his progress we also know the grizzlies have been very um shall we say careful with jaron you know when i was covering the team jaron's knee injury with his meniscus they kept pushing it back it was supposed to be maybe by all-star break then it was pushed back again and so we have to kind of be curious to see what the team is going to say because they've been very careful with jaron so i'll be curious how they handle um what they say publicly about jaron um, especially Zach Kleiman, general manager, when he speaks at media day. Yeah, um, you, you, yeah, you brought up a couple really good points there in terms of the honeymoon phase, I think, with Jaron Jackson Jr. is over now. You know, once you get to that second contract, the, the words potential and things like that, they go away. 
because now you're a hundred million dollar player and you know that's so potential and oh imagine what he's going to be in three years and four years the type of money he's about to be making now those days are over so i think uh that realization is starting to kick in more with the grizzlies you know franchise uh you know with the fan base as well and then you hit on another tough thing with john morant and jaron you know they haven't had a lot of time in the exit interviews but you know john talked about it you know going into this offseason really getting to you know hone in on that and have a full preseason with jaron jackson so well they didn't get to have that as well so it's going to be another year where they have to get acclimated during the season and we'll just see how that progresses you know uh this year but it's it's going to definitely be one of their biggest challenges but evan you know they have a lot more challenges as well yep and we're going to get into another uh storyline coming into this offseason um i don't know should we should we get into to brandon clark's extension or, or dylan brooks and a conflict here because i think both of those are going to be uh quite fascinating <laughs> developments yeah. this season i think uh Brandon Clark obviously is is eligible for an extension, I believe. Uh, what's the de- do you know the deadline for that, Demichael? When he can get yeah, his extension for season? Started started the season. Started the season. So um, once once the season once the regular season kicks off, I believe those talks officially have to halt. And uh, he he is a he is an interesting one because Brandon Clark isn't your normal, you know, restricted free agency case here. I don't think because. You can make an argument for Brandon Clark wanting to wait and the Grizzlies wanting to wait. And you can also make an argument for them both wanting to get a deal done now. Brandon Clark could very well be of the mindset of, hey, uh, I had a good season last year, but I think I can show more this year that will help get me a bigger contract. Or he could say or he could opt just for the security. I feel like I'm one of the top big men off off the bench in the NBA. And if the Grizzlies are willing to pay me like that, then we don't have anything else to, to you know, to talk about. And then Grizzlies could also say, hey, look, his second season was kind of mad. Third season, he bounced back. Let's see if he can stack up multiple seasons together before we commit to him long term financially. So I think there's two ways that both of these can look at both of these parties can look at it. And that's that's the more interesting one for me. Uh, I think Dylan Brooks's will play out basically. You know, if he plays this season, you know, has a really good year, they're going to keep. I, I think it's pretty much that simple. But with Brandon Clark. It's kind of a nip and tuck, whereas he's he could be signed before the season or we could be in a wait and see mode with him. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'll get to Dylan in a second. I have some interesting thoughts about Dylan, but I think Brandon Clark, um, to me, you know, they had the situation last year where they decided to extend Jaron before the season, you know, coming off of that shortened season he had in 21, 20, uh, 2021. The Grizzlies decided to go ahead and extend him before, right before, I believe, the start of training camp. With Brandon, it's interesting because he is a six-man. He obviously is somebody who finishes games. He doesn't perform well as a starter. But we saw last season where he was a key player in a postseason win, or postseason series win. He was, in that Timberwolves series, he was as important as anybody in helping the Grizzlies win. So that's probably, that's going to help his stock because as a common NBA saying, it it always matters what you do in the playoffs more than the regular season. So I think that helped his stock. But you know, obviously, there's a question of, you know, how much do you pay Brandon Clark? Do you consider him a future part of this team? He obviously has played his way into being one of the top players in his draft class. I would argue he's probably a top 10 player in his draft class. But do you go ahead and extend him? You know, you're obviously not going to pay him job money. You're not going to pay him, you know, Zion Williamson money. 
but you obviously want to respect what he's done and what he's been for you off the bench. And he closes games really well. So I think to me, his his extension and also him possibly being in the conversation to replace Jaron the starting lineup while he's hurt could make this a very interesting year where he has to, you know, if he plays well, not only could it help the Grizzlies surviving without Jaron Jackson, but it also is going to help with his contract discussions if the Grizzlies choose not to extend him um, before uh, the start of the season. So I think that's a really interesting storyline. And I think, you know, that's something that I'm going to be curious to see. And then with Dylan Brooks, I, I kind of, I don't know about you, Michael, but <sighs> Dylan Brooks is always the conundrum for me. He's the easy villain to, to, for people to target when things are bad because he shoots too much. But he's also the lovable villain because you kind of need him to be that fiery force on the team that plays so hard and he plays great on two ways. I thought after the last playoff series against the Warriors, it wouldn't have surprised me if the Grizzlies explored trade options for him just because he is valuable, he is on a contract here, and you want to see what you can get for him because he clearly showed that unless the Grizzlies find a way to rein him in and keep you know the worst parts to a minimum versus the best parts, he's somebody who can either keep you in the game or shoot you out of the game. And I think the question is he's also the most valuable asset. And we know the Grizzlies right now, they have some decisions to make on where this roster is going to go with John Jaron as your cornerstones and Desmond Bain too. I think to say Dylan Brooks is maybe untradeable would be a little bit too much to say because I think if if, if Dylan Brooks has a good year, it raises his value up. Or if they just you know if he has a great year and a contract year, the Grizzlies will have a decision to make. And we've seen in contract years for guys whether it's Jay Crowder. Uh, Grayson Allen, Jonas Valanciunas, they have shipped guys out on contract years. And so this will be a really good test to see will they keep that trend going with Dylan Brooks or will he play his way and say, all right, we, you know, give him another few, another extension. And that extension, by the way, is going to be a lot more than what he's making now. I believe he got a 35 million extension in 2020. So uh, his price is going to go up, I think. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, right? But look, here here's another angle I think where it can be tackled, Evan, and it's the Zaire Williams impact. I feel like Zaire Williams and his, his progression is directly tied to Dylan Brooks's future in Memphis. For example, yep. if yep. if he if he has a mediocre up and down season, and the Grizzlies say uh, we don't know if we trust. Zaire Williams stepping into his third year as a full-time starter who's going to average 15-plus points per game. You bring Dylan Brooks back. Whatever that contract looks like, it could be – I think it will be a Tyus Jones-type contract, two years. Maybe you put on some extra, you know, uh, annual salary just to get him to agree to it and things like that. But if Zaire Williams has a strong second season, which, you know, I've been on the record saying I think, you know, there's a chance he could, you know, be a very pivotal piece this season. If he has a really solid year – Dylan Brooks becomes more expendable to the point you say, hey, uh, we're committing all these dollars to these guys. Desmond Baines' extension is coming next. So you're likely yes. to have three guys who are going to be making over $100 million you know, in contract. So now we're talking about the Grizzlies possibly becoming a luxury tax uh, team and someone's getting the oddball. And then you have to make smart financial decisions. Well, in that case, I think the smartest financial decision would be to take away from a position of strength. Uh, one of the strongest positions on this team is the wing because mm -hmm. you can allow Dylan Brooks to go on with his career and you'll have a guy like 
Zaire Williams in waiting, and you still have solid bench pieces and Jake LaRavia and David Roddy behind him. So I think the way this team drafted this season, plus last last year with Zaire Williams, sets them up to kind of be prepared, you know, in the post-Dylan Brooks era if, you know, uh, Zaire Williams has the season that I expect him and many other Grizzlies fans expect from him. Yeah, and I think you, you brought up a good point on Zaire Williams. Another sub-point to this season is Zaire Williams' growth will affect so much more this season than perhaps any player. How he looks. I mean, we talk about Desmond Bain, what he can do this season coming up and how he can expand on, you know, a very strong second-year jump. But I think Zaire Williams, his play sets off so many dominoes because if he plays well, like you said, Dylan Brooks becomes expendable. It gives the team another core piece to maybe say, all right, we can keep you and build you in this core. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Zaire looks like this season. Obviously, you were you were there in summer league. You saw how he looked. Um, I think his development is crucial, and it's a lot to ask of him because obviously, unlike Desmond Bain, he's a young, he's Zaire Williams is still a young player. This is going to be you know a young player still trying to find his way, whereas Desmond Bain was an older player in his second year and was able to kind of make that older leap, whereas Zaire is still young and finding his way, but. I think a lot hinges on Zaire Williams as well. And I think that's going to be another storyline is how does Zaire Williams look, you know, with more minutes, with a bigger role? And can he be somebody that you can, you know, put your trust in and say, hey, we believe in you? Because if you do, a lot of dominoes can happen. And most of them will probably involve Dylan Brooks, but also the future of this team having another young wing who you can rely on. So I think that's going to be very, very interesting to see. Um, let's let's talk about obviously the big the big the big piece on the Grizzlies, John Morant. Um, he had quite the offseason. He signed that extension that we all knew was basically coming the minute the season was over. Um, there's some news about him possibly getting a potential signature shoe next year. Is that right, DeMichael? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, and it's a big deal. We. We've had Penny Hardaway, you know, in Memphis, but Penny, you know, kind of got a signature shoe while he was playing, you know, in Orlando. And, and it's still, you know, phone posits, Air Max pennies, all of those are still big, you know, here in Memphis to this day. But the Grizzlies in particular have never had a player with his own signature shoe while playing on the roster, you know, over a prolonged period of time. Allen Iverson came here for three games, but. John Morant is the franchise player, and he's the guy who's likely next in line to get a signature shoe. And, I mean, most people know how big this is, but if you don't know how big this is, uh, Nike right now, it's signature, signature shoe athletes. You're talking, you know, LeBron James, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, Paul George, and, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the most recent. You know, as we know, the Kobe's are the most prominent basketball sneaker uh, right now in terms of on the court. So this is a huge deal. And, you know, we've had, you know, sources tell the commercial appeal that's going to happen next summer, as well as other reports as well have said that, you know, it's targeted for next summer as well. But, but Evan, this is a real huge deal, not only for Jaws' personal brand, but it's a huge deal for Memphis as well. You know, just talking to industry experts, people think Ja has the flair, for this, there's no doubt that he'll sell in Memphis. There are some people who have told me that, look, if Josh's sneaker is to be a Kyrie Irving-type sneaker, where Kyrie Irving got his signature shoe deal at 22 years of age, and this season had the second most worn sneaker during the NBA season, he has to win. 
winning is a big part of this. And and if if he doesn't win a championship like those other top, you know, the LeBron James, the Stephen Curry's, you know, uh, the Kevin Durant's, those top signature shoot athlete guys, then he has to have that cultural impact. You know, the Allen Iverson, for example, Allen Iverson personally changed Reebok. The way we look at Reebok forever and his sneakers still, you know, it's one of the biggest in the world. So with all that factored in, you know, there are a couple ways where John can can be successful in this way, but it's huge for him. But Evan, this is this is incredibly big for Memphis as well. Yeah, and I'm going to just point everyone to read your story at CommercialAppeal.com. It's a subscriber exclusive. DeMichael obviously got to confirm, as he just said, he confirmed it's going to happen next summer. But if you read his story, there's some good things here about what it means for the city, what it means for John Morant, what it means for the Grizzlies. I, I just encourage you guys to check that story out. It's it's It gives you a little bit more perspective on what this means. And again, you look at John Morant being a, a rising star after last year, All-NBA second team. Um, I guess we could say most improved player, even though he gave it to the person I would have voted for, Desmond Bain, and he championed Desmond Bain for that. But uh, John Morant obviously is poised now to capitalize on his stardom in ways that a Memphis Grizzlies player hasn't. And you brought up a good point to Michael. Penny Hardaway has been, you know, as far as marketing goes, maybe the biggest basketball star that Memphis has produced in terms of marketing, in terms of his appeal, the shoes. So the fact that Ja is in line to get that next year, which will coincide with his extension kicking in, that is going to be so much fun. I already imagine Memphis, you know, lining up already to get those pre-orders in if they can or start saving their money now. Um, it's going to be great. It's exciting because I always said that with John Morant, it's like watching a underground rapper and watching them blow up to become the biggest star in the game. Now, granted, Ja obviously is not going to pass LeBron and Giannis yet, but to watch Ja's rise, and you, Michael, I think you, you watched this documentary. You got something coming up about that soon. Watching what Ja has done in a short time has been so much fun to see, and I think it gets me excited to say how is he going to capitalize on it, capitalize on it this year. We've seen what the ESPN 100 rankings are. We've seen what the CBS 100 rankings are for NBA players. How will Jock capitalize on this more? And I think, Demichael, you, you're, you're, you're working on something coming soon about Jaw's offseason for watching his documentary. So what do you think about the offseason of Ja now that he's kind of like become a, a household name in ways or becoming more of a household name? He, he's stepping into that limelight. He's, he's, he's getting more comfortable with it, Evan. You know, uh, I mean, we look at Ja even from – last offseason to this offseason. Last offseason, he was a rising, you know, kind of more of a rising star, you know, a guy who played, you know, a few playoff games under his belt, exciting player. But this year, he became an all-star, became second-team all-NBA player, and he averaged over 27 points per game for the team with the second-best record in the entire league. Not only that, he was in the headlines a lot for the number one Instagram video on ESPN's social with his, you know, cat buzzer beater, sideline buzzer beater against the San Antonio Spurs after a 90-foot, you know, Stephen Adams pass, or his dunk over Malik Beasley in the first round of the playoffs. And the jawbreaker. The jawbreaker, as they call it. it. He was everywhere. So what we've seen in, in, in the jaw, you know, YouTube series 
is that he's really stepping into that limelight. You know, he's out here. He's going to Nike EYBL events. You know, he's spending the time with his family, but he's still also, you know, maintaining his social status, you know, signing autographs with fans, going out, you know, with his friends, having a good time with those guys, but also maintaining the priorities. There was a, a clip where he was in Phoenix, Arizona. He goes out late at night, has good times with his friends. Then 5 a.m., he's back in the gym the next morning working out. So, I mean, it shows that his priorities are intact, but he's also maintaining, which is important. You know, I also did a story recently about, you know, John Morant talking about the mental, the mental, you know, stability of being a superstar in, in Memphis. And he, he said, you know, it's tough. You know, it's tough because I think, you know, paraphrasing his words were something like, you know, a lot of people ask him, you know, how does it feel to make the NBA? How does it feel to make the NBA instead of how do you feel? How do you feel with all this extra added attention and you can't go out to certain places like you used to and you got to wear an extra layer of mask when you're in the airport and if you don't want to be bothered and things like that. And he's learning how to deal with all of that. He, that's why he's been more outspoken on it this all season. And that's why you see this, you know, this YouTube series highlighting, you know, how he's handling that. I think it's a maturity uh, that's kind of taking course with him. Evan. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, the summer of jaw is only just a matter of like how he's going to continue to be like this. This summer is probably going to be a foreshadowing of future summers to come where he's going to be getting more attention. He's going to be getting more um, of these conversations. He's going to be able to have to manage all that. And what's exciting about it is he seems like he's enjoying it. I mean, we saw the joy he had when he you know, bought his parents a house next to him and you see how, He's enjoying that. And that's kind of what I love about Josh. He's enjoying the fun of it. And you kind of want him to. Like, I don't want to get to the point where you take for granted that the Grizzlies have this transcendent player. Like, I, I tell people all the time, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, people don't take for granted that you had, you know, so many superstars play for that team. You had Kobe Bryant, but you also grew up watching Magic Johnson. And you grew up watching Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. You don't take it for granted. I don't think Memphis will. And so I think it's a relationship that is so strong and it's going to get stronger as more people get to see who who is Ja, how is handling, how he's handling this. I mean, he's already become like a cult hero on NBA Twitter. Like he, If he does something yeah. crazy, NBA Twitter is going to jump on it. People are going to talk about it. I think you and me both travel a lot this summer where if we talk to people outside of Memphis, they know who Ja Morant is. Yeah. And so I think for me, now it's going to be up to job when he gets on the court is how will he build on that? How will he become a better player? You you mentioned, you know, obviously John Morant talking about his jumper and how that's a big priority for him. But I also think it's going to be up to John now to keep keep working, keep producing on the court, keep becoming a much more well-rounded player because that's only going to make it more fun to watch him grow as he keeps adding to his bag and helping the Grizzlies win games. Because he obviously, a lot's going to be more on his shoulders with Jaron. And we saw what he did his second year when Jaron was out. He kind of took some leaps. Um, so a lot of a fun summer for John Morant. And now we got to see how it translates to him being on the court. So um, a lot going into this offseason, a lot going into training camp. Obviously, Steven Adams also was on a contract year. Um, obviously, we could, we could speculate about the win total and what could happen. But We'll have plenty of time for that. Right now, training camp is here. Media day is coming up soon. We got a lot to look forward to. DeMichael is going to have plenty of coverage at commercialappeal.com. Our columnist, Mark Giannato, will also have 
plenty of coverage at commercialappeal.com. So stay tuned, check it out, get ready for a fun ride. Uh, Michael, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I, I, that's pretty much it. Just stay tuned of our, you know, our Grizzlies podcast coverage. We're about to kick it into another gear here going forward, you know, with media days, training camp uh, content coming up. And then as we get into this regular season, you know, stay tuned with us. Me and Evan will have you covered here. And we're also going to add a little flavor to the uh, podcast as well. So stay tuned for that. Definitely, definitely. I know, DeMichael, you're a busy man. You've definitely been talking a lot of Grizzlies content. So I'm glad we're going to do this again. We are just close to a preseason basketball game, which is crazy. Like, we'll be talking preseason basketball here before we know it. So stay tuned, everyone. Enjoy our content at CommercialAppeal.com. We'll be doing this podcast every week as we can. Um, for DeMichael, I'm Evan. Stay tuned and uh, get ready for another season. The Grizzlies Podcast is a production of The Commercial Appeal.